Hi everyone, and welcome to the 188th episode of Kingdom Hearts Union. I'm your host Brandon, and I'm here with Charo! Hey guys. Charo, what's up? I'm very tired right now. <laughs> I know the feeling. Uh, have you played anything since we last talked? Because, like, you know, Remind and all that was was a thing. Have you played anything interesting recently? Uh, I actually got back to Final Fantasy XIV. Oh, great. How, how's that been? Been actually pretty good. I unlocked Blue Mage and I've been just soloing everything. And... Sweet. Do you think Final Fantasy fourteen in this day and age is it possible realistically to solo most of it? Uh, talking about like brand new content. Uh, no. I mean, like, like if someone were to start from scratch, like they don't know anything and they're just going to get started. And do you think they could start from the early game? Uh, that's solo because you still like mm-hmm. require like a party to do do things. Okay. So like, but like anybody can join. Like if you if you know a friend or if you make a friend that's high leveled, uh, you yeah. can just uh have just them kind of go solo. go on for the ride. Yep. You you just just they they'll destroy everything for you and then you'll just reap the benefits. Okay. Well, that that to me uh, thoroughly explains why I still haven't played Final Fantasy fourteen. If there was a, a single player Final Fantasy fourteen, I would probably play that. Well, but... they add they added a system in Shadowbringers called Trust. Basically, oh, yeah. it's like, like they're like NPCs that you add in on your own to create your own party. Oh. So basically, it was done in Final Fantasy eleven, where you just take like well known NPCs and you form a party, and then you just solo everything. And the NPCs are set to do. Each NPC has their own like job, and so one okay. could be a cure, one could be a tank, and while you do your own thing. So they they started in the Shadowbringers actual DLC, but mm-hmm. they're considering bringing them in for like all the other expansions and the early parts of the game so that new players can just to, you know get acquire them and then just do everything themselves without having to form a party with anybody else that could be cool yeah so we're just yeah, waiting for that ev- to happen yeah everything about like final fantasy 14 everything i hear about it sounds so great except for the part where oh, i have to play with other people no i'm not gonna do that i'm the most anti-social gamer Possible. Same thing, same here, because I had a few bad experiences in parties early yeah. on in my career, and then, because, like, you know, because, like, oh, you're not doing this right because Parser said that you were requiring much damage, you're not doing much, and blah, 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 and I'm just like, oh, whatever. yeah. You know, so instead of, instead of, like, talking down on me, well, like, encourage me. Yeah. I would also say, and, and this is, like, uh, another thing that just can't stand about like mmo style games is just the amount of time required it's just too much grinding it's just if you're it depends though like if you're just there to level jobs up you know on your own then yeah you know you can easily kill like two hours like like i got off when i got off work i came home you know i was able to do almost two hours of, of streaming just leveling my blue mage you know yeah it was a quick two hours before i came on here to record this so mm-hmm. it's a good time waster if you need to yeah <laughs> i think that's the problem is i don't have enough time so yeah maybe just not not in the right phase of my life for that kind of game so that kind of does make me excited though for um 
uh, Naoki Yoshida's next game, which everybody's saying it's probably like Final Fantasy 15 because er- everything about what he does seems great and like, you know, his well, well, direction made, sounds made, uh, interesting. 14 so well is because he he loves MMOs himself. He, yeah. He understands, you know, the needs of, of, of from a player's perspective. Yeah. The problem is with the old director is that he just tried to make Final Fantasy Eleven like HD. Yeah. It didn't yeah. work. That didn't know? work. Yeah. So now that, you know, Yoshida's been, you know, an actual MMO player, he knows what players want. He knows what players, the game needs for players. And, and you know, he's been learning all the way through. And, like, Shadowbringers was probably, like, a lot of people have been raving on Shadowbringers. was saying it's probably, you know one of the best Final, Fan- Final Fantasies and the only only shame is that it's an expansion and not its own game. Yeah, that's the thing. Is like, And that's that's what I hear about Final Fantasy fourteen. It's the best Final Fantasy r- released in a long time and, you know, a lot of Final Fantasy fans are just never going to play it because it's, you know, stuck in a, an MMO, but you know, I, I am at least excited, you know, considering a lot of the creative staff is uh, involved with whatever his next big console project is. Uh, I've definitely, I, I have played my fair share, and I say my fair share, of uh, two. I've played two uh, games, two RPGs that I would consider, like, quote-unquote offline MMOs. I would say the first one is uh, Final Fantasy XII, and... I personally wasn't hugely into that, but then the second game that I played that was like that was a uh, Xenoblade, the first uh, first Xenoblade. Because uh, uh, for those that don't know, yeah, the battle system is basically like an MMO ba- MMO style battle system. I would say it's a lot more simplified than your typical MMO battle system, but it's got a lot of that same feeling to it. And I had an extremely good experience with that and fell in love with it so yeah like i know at first my first experiences with uh with ff14 were kind of like uh i don't know a little bit too much uh to get started with but i know i i can get over the uh the gameplay style i think my main issues are uh obviously one i gotta play with people and two uh i don't want to grind that much so I don't know. Makes me excited for whatever's next for Yoshida-san. I will just say also, uh, I may have mentioned this on on maybe a prior episode, but I'm still making my way through Dragon Quest XI. Oh my god, that game is so good. Y'all, y'all gotta play that. It's so good. And I'll just say, like, if you're looking for like a PlayStation One RPG experience in the modern day, that's it. Dragon Quest XI is a PlayStation 1 era, maybe like a little bit mixed with uh, like PS2 era. It reminds me a little bit of like Final Fantasy XII. It's kind of like, you know how with Final Fantasy XII, how they had the, you know, they tried to do the, the connected world map where it was like a bunch of little areas that you would, you know, walk between and they're all connected and you could walk really far in there, but then they didn't actually have the overworld. So it's like that, but then they also have the overworld, like in addition to that. So it's kind of like a mix between, you know, the PlayStation one style of JRPG, the PlayStation two style of JRPG, 
all with like modern graphics because it's all done Unreal Unreal Engine Four. Been playing that on the Switch. Really love it. Story is great. There's there have been several times where it's caused me to shed a tear because the story's just it's so good. So if if anybody's looking for like a traditional JRPG experience that isn't necessarily gonna like surprise you in, in, in anything too much, but if you just want another good JRPG experience like you had in the good old days of JRPGs, this is definitely one of those super awesome, highly recommend it. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's been what I've been playing, uh, for the most part. I honestly, I really didn't go back to Remind after beating Remind. I know, Churro, for you, you played a little bit more. Uh, I mean, I mean, I tried to do limit cuts on, like, without easy, yeah, easy mode. Couldn't do it, so I was like, you know what? It's I'm not gonna go through trying to beat all this on my own. I mean, I will come back and try to do it on my own eventually. Mm-hmm. But as like, I just got to do the secret ending, see it on yeah. my own. You know, get my get my thoughts on it. You know, for a podcast and yeah, anybody who asked me. So I just went back, started the whole new game, did easy mode, and finished all everything through it. Yeah. So yeah, I think I'm probably gonna get back and do that as well just so i can have all the stuff i basically just want a full theater mode <laughs> that's that's pretty much all i want so yeah. if i if i can just get that then i think i'll be good for now it's just that currently like just where i'm at in my life right now i just do not have a lot of free time so i don't have a lot of time for this kind of game experience where it's just purely a grind that's just going to require a lot of time out of me. I just currently not in a situation where I I can do that. So, um, yeah, if I'm going to sit down and play a game, it's going to need to be something that's going to be able to deliver that, deliver the entertainment aspect of it a lot quicker than, uh, than something like, uh, a a more gameplay oriented thing where you just got to quote unquote, get good. So maybe in the future, you know, I, I didn't like, I don't, I don't know about, well, I, I, I do know Churro when, <laughs> what it was like for you, but at least for me, uh, when, when two final mix came out, I didn't like right away go and beat the or data organization and, and lingering will, but I know for you, you did, and you <laughs> broke several controllers in yes. the process. Uh, so controllers on lingering will, and I nearly broke my PSP on mysterious figure. So, so yeah. So I'm not like I'm not rushing to necessarily experience that. Maybe in the future when things are a lot more settled and I have a lot more, you know, free time again, then I can come back. Like maybe like before Kingdom Hearts four or something, and I'm like you know playing through all the Kingdom Hearts games again, and it's like oh, I guess I'll you know, beat those limit cuts already, you know, if I have time for that, but at least right now I'm not like hungering for it. And now that I've at least, you know, just like with Dutro, now that, now that we've seen all the story content, I, I'm kind of okay with that. I'm like, I don't need to rush to, to, you know, go beat those things. Cause you know, once I beat them, then what? Oh, I beat them. Great. <laughs> time to wait even longer. Yeah. <laughs> Still have to wait. So, no no particular rush at least in my opinion so so yeah that's uh 
that's that so uh for you new folks kingdom hearts union is part of the podcast series called final fantasy and kingdom hearts union and is presented by the gaming union network we release every tuesday rotating each week with final fantasy union and we come out on the itunes store kingdom hearts union.com and oh, oh also spotify and spotify and kingdom hearts union's twitter which is at case union we have a two-segment show today. We have a news segment and a question segment. In the way of announcements, as always, if you guys like the show, please consider supporting us on Patreon at patreon.com slash ffkhunion. Our Patreon executive producers today are as follows. We have Nahika Blawi, Alex and Rachel Troutman at Akira Namjin, Guide Seeker, Billy Jackson, who's at underscore Billy Jackson, Chris Morales, Miles Ribbons, Michael Graham, David Cowrow, Barry Norton, who's at Nortron Zero, Chris Pope, who's at Dr. Pope 181, Thorin Bullen, who's at Massacre 23, and Churro, if you could take these last ones. You have Yannick Nod at Yannick Nod, Tori Patrick, Freya Stella, Fayez Bayali, Flipsir Nuss, Lewis James, Tom Hughes, who is at Tom Hughes, tw- Tom underscore Hughes 22, Zach Duranto, Yam Potato, exclamation point, Rachel Casterton at Uberin Yoon Ray, Zoda Clone at Apes Type Novels, Darren Matthews at Doomster73, and Joseph Robertson at Pokemon Trainer J. And be a part of the show! Send us your questions to khuquestions at gmail.com. Uh, also want to remind you that we do have a YouTube channel, youtube.com slash khunionvids. And here's a big announcement. On, from this episode onward, I've arbitrarily decided that Kingdom Hearts 3 Remind spoilers are fair game. Now, I know, maybe that's pretty fast. But I kind of figure, you know what? Like, Remind is not that long of an experience. So, yeah, I know a lot of the revelations in it are kind of huge. And maybe they would carry a lot of weight if you're just hearing them for the first time from a podcast. but. At the end of the day, like it's a sh- it, it's not that long of an experience. So if you if you haven't experienced Remind yet, I would highly recommend go out there, play it. If you can't do that much, go on YouTube, watch it. But at least for this show, from now on, Kingdom Hearts Remind spoilers will be fair game. That being said, for the next foreseeable future, I don't know until when, we'll keep this warning here. So we will warn people of the Remind spoilers at this part of the podcast in the announcements. I'll just keep this in the announcements so that we're clear f- for a while. I'm not going to expect that everybody knows that, you know, we're okay with the Remind spoilers from now on. So I'm just going to put this announcement here. We'll come back to it. And uh, we'll we'll keep uh, warning people at the start of the podcast for the next foreseeable while. But uh, yeah, just in case it wasn't clear, Kingdom Hearts 3 Remind spoilers are fair game. That means everything, 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 everything from well, Kingdom Hearts 3 Remind. Uh, well, I mean, what about the ones that, who are waiting for it on Xbox? Well, if you're waiting for it on Xbox, I'm sorry. Because <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to see what your answer was for that. That's, hey. Fair, fair point, but the show must go on. I hate, I hate to say it, but hey, look, at least we're being fair about reminding, or reminding them. At least we're being fair of uh, letting them know that 
the spoilers are a fair game. I will say, look, if you're on Xbox and you haven't experienced yet and you're waiting to experience it on Xbox, no worries. That'll just mean you'll have more Kingdom Hearts Union to listen to after you're done. <laughs> and it's not that long. Like, this is going to release on the uh, 11th. And actually, uh, I think the next episode will actually release on the release date <laughs> of of the uh, Xbox version of uh, Remind. So hopefully you guys enjoy it then. All right, so now we're moving on to the news. So, uh, you know, this is kind of a big news title question, question mark. Um, Project Xehanort, the title got announced. It's called Kingdom Hearts Dark Road. Dun, dun, dun. Now that, now Churro, I gotta say, for Kingdom Hearts titles, this one actually makes sense. It's not like crazy. It's not like three five eight over two days recoded remind key. It's not that. It's two words. It's with two no syllables with no math. No math. I mean, dear Churro, I can't remember the last time I didn't have to do math when I looked at a Kingdom Hearts title. It's uh, great. Maybe. Um, recoded or Breath by Sleep. So that was 2010, 2011. That was a long so, time, my yeah. dear sir. So, yeah, Dark Road. Uh, Churro, do you know if anyone actually guessed Dark Road? I haven't heard I, anything. I've actually when I when I uh, when they made the announcement and I made the news report. Yeah, I've had several people uh, reply to me saying that they got it right and they got their DM from okay the the account. So okay, there, are, there are some people who have gotten it. Okay, good. Yeah, I wasn't I wasn't sure if anybody had actually guessed it, but um, that's good to hear that uh, there have been. So, uh, Charo, what what's your general impression of the of the title? It makes sense. I mean, yeah. he went on a dark road. I mean, that's why you know he was known as like the original seeker of darkness. So yeah, it's like in order to reach the seeker, be a seeker of darkness, you got to walk down the dark road. Yeah, I mean, everything you need to know is uh, pretty much in the title, so yeah, it it's, makes sense. You can't to get me. any self-explanatory than that. Yeah, for sure. Well, I guess you can't get any more self-explanatory than like Kingdom Hearts two or Kingdom Hearts three. <laughs> I guess that's yeah. maybe slightly more self-explanatory. But hey, for for a Kingdom Hearts game that has a subtitle, like this is probably the best subtitle we've ever gotten. You know, right. you know, in terms of like clarity. So, I mean, Remind wasn't that bad either, but yeah, R- Remind's not that bad. I think the only thing about Remind that kind of threw me off a little bit was that weird little zero and then the cross symbol that's in the logo. But nobody yeah. says that. Everybody just says Remind. So, but at least with this, like, you know, with Dark Road, like, you know, kind of like you were saying, it, it makes sense. Like, clearly, this is a game about Xehanort. And, uh, yeah, he's very clearly going to start somewhere, uh, you know, normal maybe, and then go down a dark road. <laughs> this is, this all, this kind of reminds me of like, uh, you know, the deal with Riku, you know, at the end of Chain of Memories, how he, he chooses the, the road to Dawn, but yeah. Xehanort chooses the dark road instead. It would actually be pretty cool if, uh, maybe the start of that game, like maybe it would be cool if it was like the literal same crossroads that 
you know, maybe Xandort fights him at the exact same crossroads, but then he actually chooses the dark road. That'd be a cool opening. Yeah, really I cool mean, callback. Yeah, it's it's gonna be interesting. But my only my big question is, how is that gonna play? Yes. So that's so that's something I want to get to next. Is so, Churro, do you think Kingdom Hearts Dark Road is a new game? And not just a rebrand of Union Cross. It's got to be a new game because right now where Union Cross is, is basically, it's not going to make any sense if they rebrand it. Yeah. And also, I I would say just with, you know, recent updates, it's clear that whatever Union Cross has to say is not over. Like, they're going to keep going. So, yeah. It's... It's already it's already confirmed as a brand new game. So basically, yeah, it it has to be either played. To me, my 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 own opinion, it's going to be probably played as like something like Mobius, or even um, that's a possibility. Something like uh, Dissidia, Upper Omna, yeah, or even a Raker Keeper. Yeah, it would be cool if it was like Mobius, because Mobius, from what I understand, was trying to be like. Like it was trying real hard to be like console quality production values, and these days, like smartphones are pretty powerful. Like, and you don't need like the most insane, like expensive smartphone to get pretty decent production values. But that being said, I, I will just point out that, uh, you know, for whatever reason, Mobius Final Fantasy did uh, just get canceled. So <laughs> I don't know if. I don't know if that's, you know, kind of putting a damper on the idea of getting that level of a smartphone game, but uh, I just pointed it out. I, I mean, it could be, I mean, the market surprises all. I mean, yeah, it could be anything, when they, really. Remember when they re- they showed Birth by Sleep for the first time and we had yeah, that console everybody level was quality really on a handheld? I will point out uh, Unreal Engine 4 does run on mobile. So if yeah. if they wanted to pursue that, it's not impossible. I mean, hey, Fortnite. Fortnite is on mobile and Fortnite is unreal and it runs at 60 FPS on a lot of, a lot of handhelds. So, and, um, what's it called? Uh, Fortnite on the iPad pro, it runs at 120 frames. Yeah. That's that. Hey, like you got to remember that like mobile technology these days, uh, you know, if you have a fairly decent, you know, platform or, you know, if you have a fairly recent, smartphone that's not like too budget like it, it it's pretty much like i would say a lot of them are way above like nintendo switch i'll say that much like I, like i would say I, probably my iphone in 10 is prob could probably smoke a nintendo switch in terms of like performance and that's kind of an old phone i mean if, you, if you've seen like if you've seen a lot of like announcements from like e3 you always see that um a lot of these companies are trying to push that console quality. I mean, if you look at yeah. the uh, Elder Scrolls for mobile, yep, 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 you know, it, it looks it looks great. You know, yeah. for a mobile title, you know, a lot of these companies they're trying to give you that console experience, and yeah, because you know that you know, because console gaming and like in Japan, we all know it's pretty big. Yeah, it absolutely yeah. is, and I, I will, you know, just say like with uh with Fortnite, like it definitely. I don't know with Fortnite and with like um, P- 
PUBG and there's this other game that in Japan I think I think it might be Knives Out, but at least I don't know. My students they they all call it Koya Kodo. I think it's Knives Out, but I I can straight up tell you I have seen people walking around, standing at train stations, playing those like battle royale style console games with like just the on-screen controls like they're not not with an extra controller just with the on-screen controls and it's it's a thing now it really is like it's not like this uh you know niche anymore like i I see people on the train playing these games like and and it's surprising to me because when i first came to japan it was like right as um like PUBG was still getting big on on PC. I think PUBG might have even still been beta at the time. And at that time, when I was on the trains, most of the games that I would see people playing on the trains would be like uh, Puzzle and Dragons, or you know those kinds of more like puzzle games or gacha games. Like gacha games are they're still popular, but like not 3D. Most people were not playing 3D games. They're mostly playing 2D games, and that's really all I would see. And now, like, I still see those gacha games and I still see those, like, puzzle games, but now I see a lot of full 3D controlling games. They're mostly, like, to be fair, they're, they're Battle Royale, but, like, hey, that's that's a huge improvement. I never expected, I don't know about you, Churro, but I never expected, you know, considering how bad, I, like, I've had bad experiences with, you know, full 3D games on smartphones, like either them not performing well or just me not liking the controls, whatever it is, like playing those kinds of games with the on-screen controls and just not getting into it. Like I've had bad experiences. So I personally have never expected it to be as widespread as I've seen. I mean, I've during downtimes, not at work, but like in other places where I got to work like long periods of time, I've, I've dug, dug into, um, like you know uh was it PUBG and yeah. you know and Fortnite and you know now uh they released a Call of Duty mobile game you know yep, so i've yep. dug into a bit of that too and you know despite on-screen controls those work perf- really perfectly well for me like it takes a while to get used to them yeah but now it's you know it, you'll get it and then but now that you know Sony has added you know PS4 controller support for mobile phones now oh yeah really yeah, they it was a it was a new update they had. Recently. Does it work? So now it doesn't work with iPhone though, does it? It does. So. Oh, really? It, it's 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 uh when iOS thirteen was released, they made support for con- like Xbox and PS four controllers to work on. Really, I didn't know that. I should try it. Yeah, there's a uh, all you got to do is use the you know the what's it called the um the the screen uh rem- so like it's like a screen remote play or something like that for the okay. app that they have, and then you could just connect a Bluetooth controller like you normally would. And then you just play a game on your mobile phone. Like any, it could be any game. You could play like a, as long as the game has con- uh, support for it. Yeah, you can play with the PS4 controller if you wanted to. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, because like I do have a lot of like console games, like console quality games on my phone. Like I've got like most of the rockstar games i got like so many grand theft auto games and then i have uh ff7 and ff9 on here and like 
I don't know, the, the old Final Fantasy games, they control fine. Like, they're turn-based at the end of the day, so it's not a big deal. Uh, and, and especially, I would say Final Fantasy IX controls pretty well. But, yeah, for, like, the Grand Theft Auto games, I just could not get into them with the on-screen controls. So, yeah, that would be pretty cool. Uh, but, yeah, I guess, like, you know, getting back to uh, Dark Road, so... Okay, so here here's one thing that I would like to get get your opinion on. Do you think this is going to be a free to play game? I believe. Hmm, that's a tough question. I I honestly I don't think so. I think it's going to be like a you pay once and then you have, mm-hmm. you know, then you can play as long many times as you want. There's no and then they they'll have like in app purchases for like mm-hmm. boosts and stuff. But yeah, I think it's going to be a paid thing for it considering square Enix. yeah i think so what is opera omnia like in terms of monetization is that just a gotcha game too it's a gotcha game too and it's free to play it's free to play basically like okay. unicross record keeper um all you know opera omna yeah all those games were all free to play basically like actual like their their main titles like final fantasy titles and the world ends with you. Yeah, those, those are, are those are one time, one time fees. You know, everything else is just like free to play with in app purchases. So yeah, I I'm, I'm this... gonna hope I'm gonna hope you're right, Churro. But personally, I feel that you know, just given that, and given the fact that I'm sure Union Cross has you know over the years made Square a lot of money, I just can't imagine it not being free to play and having gotcha mechanics somehow. Well, considering that Unicross is already free to play with gotcha elements in it, it would yeah. be wouldn't be it'll be kind of redundant to have it another game with the same concept. Yeah. But I mean they there's I don't know. It's Final Fantasy somehow ha- has a way of doing it. They had Mobius which seemed like that was, you know, that vein and then they also had uh, you know, Record Keeper and then they also have uh Opera Omnia, so I don't know. I'm just very cynical about Square yeah, Enix mean, on I mean, mobile. We, we have every right to be because you know they don't really have the best track record when it comes yeah. to like mobile Remember games. Remember all so the bravest. All the bravest was the huge, the biggest example of yeah. going overboard with it. You know, then I think that's why you know all the bravest kind of got shut down after that. You know, yeah. and then you know they never made that same mistake again. So it's like they yeah. learned from that. I'm but excited the, the to see time. what it is, though. Like, at the very least, it's clear that we're going to get, like, solid story content out of it. And that, to me, is my, my most, you know, desired thing out of uh, a Kingdom Hearts game is that we're getting, you know, the proper story content. I'm hoping that in addition to that, we'll also get stronger gameplay. Um, Like, w- wouldn't it be cool, you know, now with, you know, controls the way they are, like, wouldn't it be cool if it was, like, an action game and, like, you know, yeah. kind of controlled, like, a Kingdom Hearts game? That'd be pretty sweet. It'd be, like, a V-Cast. Yeah. I, well, maybe. It, it Like, the revenge revenge of V-Cast, pretty much. Right, that's what it seems like. I mean, considering, has... like, how, you know, Fortnite is and how how well Fortnite has done on mobile, like you know and how act like that's that's straight up an action game like maybe not just as much as uh you know kingdom hearts but like you know it's action it's kind of open world like that island 
or those islands, I don't I don't know how many areas they have for Fortnite, but they're huge. So and on top of that, like the Kingdom Hearts team has made, you know, they they've made Kingdom Hearts games run on worse platforms. We'll just say that. The PSP ran a lot slower than, you know, modern smartphones do. So I would love to see. I would hope that, you know, I hope you're right, Cheryl. I hope this is a one-time fee. And uh, now, what about this, though? What if it was episodic? That um, that wouldn't surprise me either. Because I, I, I could be down for episodic. Because at least with that, see, my main issue with the whole free-to-play nonsense is that free-to-play is it puts me at odds with the game developer. It puts me at odds with Square Enix because the second I start playing that game, the goal of Square Enix is at, like an like my adversary. They're trying to get money out of my wallet. And yeah. every choice they make, every single design influence, every aspect of that game is designed to get money out of me. Whereas with a even an episodic game like even though yeah there's multiple purchases with an episodic game at least once you've paid for that episode and you get that episode and it's been released and you play through it like the worst they can do pretty much the worst they can do is at the end of the episode have a cliffhanger that's about as bad as it gets because they want you to buy the next episode but in terms of you playing that episode, once you've paid your price of admission, you're in. Then it's up to Square Enix to entertain you and make you enjoy this and, you know, get you excited for the next episode. That's about it. You know, but with something like Union Cross, absolutely every step of the way, every single thing you do in that game is designed to create habits, to try to control you, to try to make you play this thing every day to try to make this a part of your life and try to make this a part of your wallet, you know, pretty much. So that, that whole realm of gaming to me is a complete turnoff. I don't want to be involved with that personally, you know, fair for square to do it. It does make money. And at least currently it's not illegal. So, um, you know, while they're, you know, make your money while you can, I guess, but at least Until for me, I'm not boxes. personally, yeah, at least for me personally, I'm not interested in that sort of thing. And if, you know, Kingdom Hearts Dark Road ends up being that, like, apart from maybe downloading it out of curiosity, I probably won't play it seriously. And any story content that comes out, I'll just watch it. I will just watch it on YouTube. Or if they somehow blacklist it off of YouTube, I will go on a Kingdom Hearts website I will go on Imager, I will see a list of translations and be out. I'll be done. Like I don't I don't need that kind of game in my life personally. Um Churl, I, I don't know, you know, how you feel about these sorts of like free to play games, but hypothetically speaking, if Kingdom Hearts Dark Road, let's say, you know, worst case scenario it's a free-to-play game. It plays exactly like Union Cross. It's just basically Union Cross with a different skin and a different story. And, you know, but in terms of, like, functionality, it's pretty much identical. Would you get into that game? 
Probably for the first, like, week or two, then maybe, and then I'll just lose interest like I did in Union Cross. Yeah, that's that's probably how it would be for me. Like, I would probably just, like, play for the first bit of it, get through some of the story content, see what it's like, just so I can get a taste for it. Not necessarily so I can get into it or, or even to see if I like it. It's not necessarily for that. Just to get a taste for it so I know what it is and then get out. And then I then once I'm out, I'm probably just out, out. And I'll just be, you know, just like with Union Cross is now, I'm just checking the story updates as they come out. Like, that's how I find out about the story. So, I don't know if we have any, like, super hardcore Union Cross fans in the audience. I'm sorry if any of this upsets you. I, I, I don't know. Just at least for me personally, you know, I, and I know for you, Churro, like, we've been fans from the very beginning. So at least the Kingdom Arts that I fell in love with was not this, you know, free-to-play stuff. I know it's got a purpose. I know it, you know, most likely in the long run is a good thing for the series because it's keeping the brand relevant while, you know, we're waiting for the big games that, you know, we're more interested in personally. And, you know, you know the fact that the Kingdom Hearts brand is also making money you know, through these things, you know, that's something they can tell, tell their shareholders like, Oh, the kingdom hearts brand is making this much this quarter. You know, this all is good on paper, you know, for the suits, so to speak, but at least for me, not personally interested. Now I will say moving on from there and moving on from dark road, there have been a lot of big updates for union cross and the story is getting, getting good, getting toasty. So, uh, you know, uh, we're not necessarily going to talk about it right here, but I will just say, hey, if you're not up to date on Union Cross Story, I would highly recommend you get up to date on Union Cross Story because, man, there's been some interesting revelations. Churro, how would you describe the revelation? The revelations without getting into spoilers. Uh, very surprising, didn't I? Right. See it go that way. Yeah, I didn't see it go. I did not. Ev- I didn't expect ever that the series would go quote unquote that way. But now that it's gone that way, I'm like, Hmm, interesting. I'm glad Nomura has a nice long memory because that, that makes me happy. So, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. So yeah, if you want to, you know, get caught up, I highly recommend getting caught up. It's a good time. Uh, moving on from there. Uh, Kingdom Hearts 1.5, 2.5 and 2.8 will be releasing digitally on the Xbox February 18th. Speaking of Xbox, that's exciting. Very exciting, you know, especially for them. Yeah. <clears throat> and uh, not only that, uh, Kingdom Hearts All-in-One physical release will be releasing on March 17th. Uh, unfortunately, though, so far it is PS4 only. Oh, poor Xbox fans. Right. Another weight they got to have to endure. Yeah. So, but that's exciting. Like, you know, Kingdom Hearts is opening up to more fans. And uh, in addition to that, it's going to be, you know, a lot more accessible on store shelves. So, you know, this is another, you know, great opportunity to, you know, get Kingdom Hearts out there for people. Especially that that all-in-one physical. Like, (laughs) it's like... uh, I don't know. It's it's just one of those things. It's nice to see. It's you know. It's kind of like DVD box sets, 
you know, back in the day, you know? Yeah. You know, you just see, you see a DVD box set of a series and you've heard about it and maybe you're slightly interested in like, Hey, it's Kingdom Hearts all in one. You mean everything, right? I'll get in. Now, Churro, do we know, does this all in one, does it also include Remind? So far it doesn't. I yeah, I don't I didn't think see it did. anything confirmed that it is, but I can always uh send an email to Square Enix to see if they would Yeah, clarify that. That that would be nice. My guess is probably not. Cause um so because uh, I, I, it's basically the only one collection is set for fifty bucks, right? It's underneath, yeah. you know, right ten dollars less than a, an actual new game. So yeah. if you were to include remind, it's probably gonna push it past like sixty bucks. Yeah, that would be a huge discount on Remind for one. Yeah, and Re- Remind's still very new. And then on top of that, like, you also have to consider the fact that, like, it would require, like, a, a different build of the game to be printed onto the disc because it would have to be a build that would include Remind on the disc. And so far, a build like that hasn't been made yet. I mean, I'm not saying they couldn't do it. I'm just saying, like, they so far haven't done that. And this was actually a subject of conversation in the recent uh, uh, 13 Darknesses interview that uh, that Nomura did. And they were talking about the possibility, you know, oh, do you think you'll ever do a, a Kingdom Hearts 3 final mix that, you know, includes Remind? And is Remind really the last DLC? And uh, Nomura was pretty clear about, like, yeah, this is going to be the last DLC, you know, any effort that we're going to continue to put into the series, you know, we want, we would much rather put it into new games, but I'm not totally discounting the idea of a, you know, a Kingdom Hearts three final mix. And, you know, one could assume that if they were to do that, it would basically be Kingdom Hearts three plus remind. But yeah, so far they haven't, you know, it's unclear uh, of if they've made that. And I doubt it's going to be, what this all-in-one physical release is so but yeah it's uh exciting you know this is this can only be good for the series like it's always really nice to just have you know that bundle together and just have something out there even if it ends up in a bargain bin even if you see it used at GameStop that could be the thing that you know introduces Kingdom Hearts to you know, uh, a younger kid that's never heard of it before. And, you know, especially these types of collection collections, which are more on the discount side of things like 50 bucks. And you get like what? 10, like pretty much 10 titles, like for a kid that's just got their Christmas money, just got their birthday money. They got a cool 50 bucks burning in the pocket, maybe from all the Christmas money they got, you know, this could easily be somebody, uh, or somebody that wants to get into the series. Just yeah, or just someone who wants to get into so the quick. series. I know, at least for me personally, like that's kind of what my experience was with the Final Fantasy series was that I played uh, Kingdom Hearts, and as uh, I say, played, but I was playing because I I couldn't beat it at that point. I was I constantly would get stuck on things. But as I was playing Kingdom Hearts, I would like see these Final Fantasy characters, and I really loved them. They're so cool, really cool designs. And I, I had played, I had been playing through Final Fantasy X, and I wanted to see more of the older Final Fantasies. So I would go to places like Toys R Us and and Blockbuster, and I would see these used copies of Final Fantasy Seven through Eight, uh, Seven through Nine, 
and they were so cheap. It was like 10 bucks for Final Fantasy 7. Like for a kid like me back then, I was like, you know, 12, 13, like having 60 bucks or 50, 60 dollars burning in my pocket, not common. But me having 10 bucks in my pocket, hell yeah, I got that. Let me buy that full Final Fantasy game. It's got cloud in it. Awesome. Let's play this. And like, you know, that experience is great. So maybe for, for some kids, they, they wouldn't be able to experience that or even adults like, but, uh, you know, just having it out there is good. And, you know, yeah. have, having it can, can only be a good thing, even though like for, for most of us, it's not the that big a deal. So yeah, moving well, I mean, on from well, there. Uh, oh yeah. Well, I was going to say real quick. I mean, we knew it was going to happen eventually. So oh, yeah. here it is. For sure. And yeah, they've been doing this along the way. There've been so many different bundles. So it's only, only to be expected. So yeah, moving on from there, let's go on to our question segment. So our first question for this episode comes from Alex Troutman and Alex Troutman asks, plain and simple. So, okay. I've heard some other people say they think the driver in the true secret ending is Luke sword thoughts. Um, this sounds awful like him, but yeah, you know, without a, I mean, just by the accent alone, you know, yeah, yeah it makes it more mysterious, especially if you remember what, uh, Zigbar says about, wait, hold on, never mind. Do I allowed to say that now or no? I you can say that now. Quick? It's okay. You can say that. Yeah. In the, one of the openings of Remind, you know, you have the conversation between, you know, Luxord and Zigbar and, and uh, at Olympus. Yeah. And, you know, at the very end, Zipper asks after Luxor disappears, he says, the real question is, who are you? Yeah. And actually, now that you mentioned spoilers, Turo, that was even in the first, like, pretty much the first trailer of Remind. Right. (laughs) So basically, within that amount of time, I mean, we we already knew that it adds more mystery to Luxor's origins. Yeah. He's one of, like, four people that we don't exactly know where they came or two people two or three people yeah. we don't know exactly know where they came from originally I'll, I'll also point out you know with uh with luke sword uh and namora's gone on on record saying this that the the wild card that he gave sora uh may play a big role in how sora may be able to return to this world or the world that he's originally from so if Luke Sword has a card that could potentially play in the role of crossing world lines, like it's not impossible that he could originally be from a different world line, and that would be pretty. That would be a pretty interesting uh, thing. Uh, and yeah, I'll agree. Yeah, in terms of like the very little bits that we've seen of uh this driver guy um you know apart from his original version back in uh in versus 13 but at least in the kingdom hearts version of it like yeah i mean there's not much to go on but everything there yeah it could potentially point to luke sword like if it's got a point to anybody like hypothetically if it's anyone we already know the only one i could see it being is luke sword you know it's the only yeah, one it- that makes the only sense. That makes sense. Yeah. It, so if he's someone we already know, it's Luke Sword. But if it's not someone we know, then it could just be a new character, and that's it. You know, because you know that's always a possibility. So we'll have to see how that expands out from there. But yeah, I would say uh, there's a definitely a good chance. 
And Churro, if you could take this uh, next one. Uh, so this next one's got like several questions. If you just take the the first uh, paragraph part. All right. This is from Nico Gonzalez. And the first one is Project Study recently tweeted that Square Enix probably enjoyed working with Pixar more due to the flexibility of the storytelling. Would you be interested in having an exclusive Pixar Kingdom Hearts game? Which worlds do you think would be the best? So, um, personally, I honestly don't think, so I don't think that, uh, it was necessarily a bad experience in in any way. And I would agree that, yeah, it was probably an overall positive experience, Square Enix working with Pixar. But to say that they had a lot of flexibility, I, 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 I would push back on that a little bit because, and at least when I was talking with, uh, Tasha Sonart, who is the uh, consultant from Pixar on this, the the vibe that I got off of her was that uh, they they basically, you know, Square Enix wasn't really allowed to tell the stories from the movies, you know, at least, you know, in the case of uh, Toy Story and in the case of Monsters, Inc. But if you really think about it, like the storylines that they followed were pretty similar to movies that existed. So the Toy Story world is very similar to Toy Story 2, but wasn't Toy Story 2. And then the Monsters, Inc. world is very, very similar to Monsters, Inc. And uh, actually pretty much has the identical ending of Monsters, Inc. And needed to be wrapped up in such a way that there could be no possible way that any character remembers anybody from Kingdom Hearts. Like it's, I don't know, it's pretty close and shut on that. And I would say personally, uh, you know, other than Pixar, I would say probably all the game, all the movies that, um, that Roy Connolly was a producer of, I felt those were a lot more flexible, like straight up the big hero six world is basically a sequel to the movie more so than even the TV show is cuz like you know just going based off of the ending like it's they something you know basically that ending of the big hero 6 world is a big plot progression for the big hero 6 universe that so far we never seen from a movie or from a TV show as far as i know so like if anybody's got the most flexibility it's Roy Connolly produced Disney movies for some reason. So like, I would say, yeah, like it seems like they work well together and they had a great time working well together, but like maybe more than some other teams, like, you know, at at the end of the day, you have to consider, you know, Square Enix needs to get uh, approval from Pixar, from Disney and, you know, from Nomura on pretty much everything that they do. That's three people that that's three entities. They have to please minimum, uh, for anything, uh, related to Pixar stuff. So, you know, that's that, that that there's red tape there. And so I'm not saying anything that I've brought up is necessarily surprising or unreasonable. I'm just saying it's just a reality of it. Now, in terms of what worlds I would definitely like to see, Obviously, Coco. Coco just makes sense. Coco does make sense. It makes it makes a lot of sense. Um, I'm trying to think of like more recent <laughs> Pixar movies, but 
Inside Out, like Inside Out would be pretty good. Pretty good. Like Inside Out makes a lot of sense. You know, deals with memories and thing. You know, seeing, uh, you know, feelings and stuff like that. You know, there's ties to Kingdom Hearts. There, you know, you have memories and chain of memories and feelings is all what uh, Vanitas was all about. You know, the unversed and feelings of, uh, you know despair and stuff like that so maybe those two movies churro what about you what kind of pixar movie worlds would you really like to see actually i would love to see another toy story yeah you know do something within like maybe the toy story 4 yeah that could be good something like that um i actually don't have a list of Pixar movies available. Yeah, it, it's not really like. I mean, I like Pixar movies, and they they're really fun. I mean, maybe Up, maybe Up would work. Uh, up would work. Um, Finding uh, Nemo I, if they can implement swimming better. Yep, yep, they can do the swimming. Uh, Wally, Wally would be great. Wally, I, I would love would love Wally. I love Wally. I want robot versions of Sora, Donald, and Goofy. I want them Ooh, to be robots. Um, the Incredibles. Ah, uh, okay. That's probably the big one. Because Incredibles just makes so much sense, like, gameplay-wise. Yeah, they, yeah, plus, you know, like, they they already did a superhero, like, motive with uh, Big Hero yeah, 6. Yeah, Big Hero so 6, but, yeah. They can easily do something like that. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, though, even though they did it with Big Hero 6, like, the Incredibles, there's so many other directions they could take it in terms of location. Like it doesn't have to be a city with the Incredibles. Like they could do it on the the island, for example, in the original Incredibles movie, if, if they're even allowed to broach the subject of the actual stories from these Pixar movies. I think that's one thing that if we really want to be serious about doing Pixar movies, they need to be more open to doing like actual adaptations of the movies. Like, because for some of them, it just doesn't make sense not to be from the movie yeah but others others of them could like i could see like cars cars could totally if they did a cars world and it was somehow a racing world that could be anything because you know okay uh we have a new grand prix that's all you need that's all the basis you need for a car story done you know that's it's that simple but for like i don't know some of these other ones like like the way the stories are, they're kind of like open and shut. So it's not as clear cut to do stories with them outside of the, the main world. I don't know if you would want a bug's life world though. True. Uh, I mean, it's a classic. I it's would... a classic. I, I, but for me personally, I could take it or leave it. It's not, not one of my favorite Pixar movies. I, I liked it in, in the time, but I don't know. Going back to it. Mm. Would you, would you like an actual Ratatouille world? I just don't know how it would work. Like combat is such like, it just doesn't make sense in that particular world. I mean, they could make it about cooking. Yeah. Cooking world. I don't, I don't know what it could be beyond that, but I I would just imagine Pixar would be very against it being a, a violent world. Like having any fighting in it. So yeah, that's, the only unless, uh, unless you do something like Brave, yeah, Brave, Brave makes sense. Brave, like I know 
there's some people that don't like the movie, but in terms of like theming, Brave just works. It, yeah. You know, just just like Incredibles. Incredibles, it just works. It's an action movie. Brave, same thing. It would work. I would love if Brave was like a, a Dark Souls Dark Souls world. That'd be so cool. Dark Souls style Kingdom Hearts combat. I'd take that. So, uh, yeah, I guess uh, we can move on to the... Uh, oh, and I guess, yeah, another part of the question was, would you be interested in having uh, an exclusive, uh, Pixar exclusive Kingdom Hearts game? Um, yeah, I, I would be totally down with that. I, I don't think it would necessarily be all that different from the typical, you know, slate of Kingdom Hearts games, but... Um, like, yeah, I, I love Pixar movies and the two worlds that were in Kingdom Hearts 3 that were based on Pixar movies, like, they were really well done. Um, so, yeah, overall, uh, yeah, would be great. So uh, the next question in this set is, if Nomura were to have a Yozora game that includes Sora, Pixar, uh, uh, if Nomura were to have a Yozora game that includes Sora, Pixar would probably allow try uh, allow tying the overarching narrative into their worlds. I just can't imagine where Nomura can tell the story he wants to tell with with Yozora with Disney worlds. I don't know about that, but you know, yeah. like I said, Nomura has done. It's impressive to see how much you know freedom Disney has given Nomura with this game. You yeah. Know? Yeah, like you would, you would think that it's all you know. It's Disney has a stranglehold on it, and it's like all of a sudden he just throws us for a loop. Yeah, so he, like, he always manages to do it. I would say never say never with Nomura when it comes for to sure. Kingdom Hearts, especially with all he's given us so far. Yeah, I'll also point out that uh, every time a Kingdom Hearts secret movie comes out, that's the same thing everybody feels like. The first time we got deep dive. And another side, another story. The first thing people thought is like, oh, they're getting rid of Disney. They're finally going to get rid of Disney. And same thing with Birth by Sleep. Once you get all these like soldiers, you know, these guys wearing uh, Knight in Shining Armor, you know, oh, they're getting rid of Disney. Going into uh, Power Ranger uh, Knights. That's what it's going to be now. But then Birth by Sleep nope. comes out, still has Disney. So, uh, you know what? I We don't know what it is. We don't know how it could possibly be related, but I'll just say this. At the end of the day, Kingdom Hearts has always been about m- alternate dimensions, alternate worlds. It just works. And clearly, Yozora has the ability to go to other worlds already and perhaps tra- traverse world lines. Um, it could take any shape. Sor- uh, Yozora could do it in his sleep. Um, one idea that I was kind of toying around with that I kind of like would be the idea of maybe, you know, you encounter maybe the, um, uh, Shibuya is like the hub world. And then maybe you find the Disney movies in, in the world, like actually as movies, like a Blu-ray disc, or you go to a movie theater and you watch the movie and maybe Yuzora falls asleep during the movie and he enters the 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 particular world that it is or so you know something like that you know kind of like uh you, you know mario 64 back in the day how you had the paintings and you, you know mario would jump into the paintings but you still had that hub world 
of Peach's castle that you could explore. You know, I could see Yozora Shibuya working like that because it's, you know, theoretically the real world. And at least in Sora's world, Yozora was just a video game. And Yozora entered his video game. They, you know, Xehanort threw him in there. So clearly that's possible. It, it it basically worked even like Mario 64 there was a ripple effect in everything so like i could i could see that being a way that you know you could go to disney worlds um but yeah i would i wouldn't count out i mean Nomura. are people like are people like cuz you know how Zora gives us more of a final fantasy character vibe than yeah. like a disney character how sora is drawn even though sora is more like a final fantasy representation in a disney element yeah a lot of people see like Zora is just as, being like pure final fantasy almost yeah and it's like are they people are these people so afraid to see you know something like that interact with disney characters i mean i mean if you look at the end of remind Mm-hmm. Or not even remind, but like even in Kingdom Hearts two, then the whole thing with Hello Bastion, yeah, you know, you see the the Disney characters interact with the Final Fantasy characters so well, yeah, and you see it at the end of Remind too, yeah. When you, when you, well, well, like at the when you play the when you beat the when you beat the limit cut, you'll see it. You know, mm-hmm. it's really not a big deal. That's like some people make it out to be. And even like uh, the opposite of uh, n- not characters, but the worlds. You know, speaking of Hollow Bastion, back in the day in Kingdom Hearts 1, Hollow Bastion was very much like a Final Fantasy style world. Like th- that styling of how it was more realistic, more dark. And yeah, no problem. There were Disney characters like crazy. All the villains were there, you know, having the their sp- were there. spooky meetings. You had the beasts, you had the princesses, like. And they were there, and it made total sense in the in the time that it was like. So i i I think it's I think it's possible. I, I don't think we should count it out with with Disney stuff. Now, I guess going with what you're talking about, uh, or what Nico was talking about, with maybe Pixar being more open. Um, I mean, it is true though that you know with the um. With the organization characters, they were they, they were they were active in the Pixar worlds, uh, a bit maybe a bit more active than some of the others, but I would say not really because like pretty much every world had, you know, their own organization character. You know, infamously Frozen had Larkseen, and yeah. there was Marluxia in the Tangle world, and Dark Riku in Big Hero Six, and. Yeah, young Xehanort was in Toy Story, and Vanitas was in uh, Monsters, Inc., but, you know, Luke Sword and Vexen were in uh, Pirates, so there's, uh, and and Zigbar, he was in, uh, he, he was in the Hercules world, so, uh, yeah, I, I mean, at the end of the day, I think Nomura can tell the story he wants, but I will agree, though, with with Nico here is I I agree. I can't I, I currently can't imagine how and where and through what means Nomura will tell the story he's intending to tell of Yozora. And currently, the only thing that I can think of is, I mean, 
I hope he's allowed to have a Yozora game where he can tell that that story. But at least currently, the way it's feeling, like it's being set up, is it's almost like all that stuff that was the Versus 13 stuff happened way in the past. Or not way in the past, but like it happened before. And it may, maybe it even just happened. And now Yozora is going through trials and going through worlds to try to fight his fate. And maybe all that stuff from his past that's like the more versus 13 element maybe that already happened and there's really like maybe we will we, maybe we'll never get to actually experience it maybe at best we'll see it in in flashbacks because maybe that's something that you know clearly it seems like that has already happened to him all that stuff you know but you know we'll have to see uh the last part of this uh particular question is um do you think it's possible for Nomura to create a game with Yozora and other Kingdom Hearts characters if it didn't have the Kingdom Hearts name on it? So I guess like if Nomura got to make his Verum Rex game, could there be Kingdom Hearts games, uh, Kingdom Hearts characters put into it? I I would think so. It's still within the universe, so yeah. I mean, because with their interaction between Zora and Sora, you know, it still seems like there is some sort of connection either way. Yeah. I think it depends on how much Nomura wants to own Yozora. Like, it's pretty much going to be his because that's like him recreating. Yeah, recreating you know. Noctis. I mean, yeah, it, it. I can't imagine Nomura giving up his baby like that, but. I mean, you know, if you look at his costume, man, he's got a lot of references to Kingdom Hearts stuff on his costume. Yep, I, I don't like, know if he's got any Mickey logos on him, but man, if he's got a Mickey logo on him, that's kind of, I don't know, that's kind of damning evidence. He's already that, got like Sora crowns and right? keys on it. I mean, he could still, he could still, at the end of the day, still just be Nomura's baby and that's it, but. Man, it's a uh, hard hard to say. Uh, I will say though, as much as I do want the Verum Rex game to be a, a thing, um, Verum Rex just isn't like a brand. It, it, currently, it's just this thing, this subset of Kingdom Hearts right now. And you know, I'm just thinking like capitalist speaking and uh, marketing wise. I don't know if Square Enix would allow a game to come out called just Ferrumbrex, you know, because Kingdom Hearts is such a strong brand now. So, yeah, hard to say. I hope I, I I don't know. At the end of the day, I hope, you know, any cynicalness that I have about, you know. The Yozora stuff, I hope I'm completely wrong. I hope we get the adventure that we get. I really want the versus 13 stuff to be properly realized. I want it to be playable. I want it to be, I want Nomura to finally get to make his, the game that he wanted to make because that was a game I was waiting to play. And that was something that, you know, I didn't get, you know, final fantasy 15. It it was what it was. It didn't scratch that exact itch that I wanted out of versus 13. So uh, I'm hoping that, you know, we're going to get something, you know, with the Seals of stuff. So here's hoping. 
And uh, yeah, for the next question we got from uh, Joseph Robertson with a lot of theories about who darkness is in Kingdom Hearts Union Cross. Do you think that we will see Terra, Aqua, and Ven locate them in the realm of darkness? Oh, it's a possibility. We just don't know what it what exactly caused darkness to appear in the first place. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, we don't like darkness could be the master of masters just disguising himself under a different yeah. identity. That's you know, true. We just don't know. If we can get a little bit more of like a hint or something, then maybe we can possibly, you know, yeah. just because it's darkness doesn't mean. You know, it's going to be in the realm of darkness, you know? Yeah. I I, I think, you know, kind of it's slight, slightly off topic, but it, it is related. So if there's somebody out there that is, uh, I don't know, some sort of personification of darkness, is there going to also be a personification of light? Is there going to be somebody out there called light? Where are you, light? It could be like, you know... Sora. Yeah, I guess it could be. in a situation. Yeah. I just don't want him to end up looking like uh, how darkness is, but a light version of that, where he doesn't have a body. He's just this, like, ball of light, pretty much. Or maybe it could be the the girl from the Verum Rex. Could be. Yeah, that's a possibility. We'll have to see how that all ties, because there could potentially be ties there. You're right. Uh, but yeah, in terms of uh, the question with uh, that Joseph Robertson is asking is like, do you think, you know, Terra Aqua and Ven, is that what their plan is to go to the realm of darkness to look for darkness? I, I think it's possible, but I don't know how they know about darkness. I, they haven't been like necessarily clued. I don't think they've been clued into the concept I, of I that mean- character. But well, that character we only know so far has appeared for Maleficent because basically, yeah, uh, it's, they're trying to direct Maleficent to do to go forward with their plan, yeah. which was you know, you know, basically what the plot of Kingdom Hearts, the original Kingdom Hearts, was. Yeah, yeah. So I don't think they'll locate them. Basically, it's they're just that person, whoever's darkness is. It was just trying to move forward with the plan. It's kind of like in Naruto. You know, you yeah. had. It turns out in the end that it was Black Zetsu that pretty much orchestrated the return of, you know, Kaguya. Yeah, yeah. To yeah. orchestrate all the events of the... It basically, this is what darkness is. Basically, darkness was just moving Maleficent along to carry it, whoever darkness's plan. Remember, because remember, Master of Masters wanted a Keyblade War to start. Yeah. In order to do a key... In order to start a Keyblade War, you need Kingdom Hearts to appear. Yeah. So that's what Maleficent was trying to do. So... You know, it would make sense to see probably Darkness be actually the master of masters trying to orchestrate his plan along the entire time. Yeah, there's that possibility. I've heard some people say, you know, based on how Vanitas talks about himself, that it could be related to Vanitas in some way. There's also the whole deal with um, in Remind, uh, when you read the description of the dark inferno that it describes itself as darkness, quote unquote darkness that has been uh, released from Ventus's heart. There's also um, the, the line that you see before uh, the dark inferno appears from Ventus's heart that uh, no Ven's heart is too pure. And because he's too pure, he is uh, uh, 
he's too care you know a pure heart is too careless and he's too naive yeah too naive and uh not gonna say anything but you know union cross stuff (laughs) the most recent union cross stuff that maybe relates to ven you know for those that uh know what that is you know what I'm referring to. So they're definitely, you know, go, going on what you're saying here, Joseph Robertson, talking about, you know, Tara, Aquan, and Ven being related to this darkness character. There's a lot of ties to at least Ven. That much is sure. But what we don't know, or at least so far haven't seen, is why they would even know. Because from what we know, Ven doesn't know about this stuff. He's just some dumb kid and doesn't really know anything about anything other than you know, the events of birth by sleep and kingdom hearts three. So, uh, and maybe he now knows about his cheery theme, but uh, other than that, there's no clue that we're aware of that. He knows too much about darkness. Um, but, uh, yeah, I guess we'll see, right. You know, there's, there's a lot of stuff we don't know about the future and, uh, yeah, I'm just worried that, like, man, Churro, it, doesn't it seem like they're setting up a trilogy of m- middle games right now? Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> Nomura said one game. He said, well, he said at least one game. But, man, I was hoping he that at least one game would just be one game. But, man, it's well, feeling no, like you got three. Two teams. You got two more teams that he added. That's right. Freaking the hearts. So, you know, what two teams... Basically, was it the two teams total or a total of three with the other two he created? So in total, get- in total, 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 there are four teams working on Kingdom Hearts projects. Now that includes the Union Cross team, which I'm assuming the Union Cross team is working on Union Cross. And let's say hypothetically, Dark Road is its own team. So that leaves up two games that we don't know about. Hopefully one of those games is Kingdom Hearts 4. Hopefully there's a team working on Kingdom Hearts 4 right now. And then the other game is maybe the Kyrie game and that's it. But then it begs the question, what about Riku and his dreams? And then what about Ventera and Aqua? What are they going to do? What about Kyrie and her slimmer? I think she's definitely like, if anybody is the next game, it's probably the Kyrie game. Well, apart from Dark Road. I'm hoping and thinking it's the Kyrie game. And maybe, maybe, just maybe, Churro, maybe the Kyrie game, the Riku game, and the Aqua game. Maybe that's just one game. Wouldn't that be great if that was just one game? Yeah, I mean, it would make perfect sense. I mean, they did, they did it with Birth by Sleep, so yeah. they could easily do it with, again. Yeah, just can we just have that be one game and then, you know, Avengers assemble at the end and fight whoever. I don't care. <laughs> Let's go get our baby Sora. Check him out of uh, Ver- Verum Rex daycare. Right. Get him uh, away from the big bully. Yeah. So, uh, Churro, if you could take this uh, last one. This is from Amy Burns, and she writes, Hypothetically speaking, what if Nomura got to make Final Fantasy 15 exactly how he wanted to? Where do you think Kingdom Hearts would go after Case 3 if it didn't have the baggage of Versus 13? So, I would say before that, I personally think that I don't even... If Nomura got to make 
Final Fantasy 15 exactly like you wanted to. I don't even think Kingdom Hearts 3 would be the same game. Let alone, uh, you know, not having the baggage of Versus 13. I don't even think Kingdom Hearts 3 would even be the same game. Because I feel like a lot of Kingdom Hearts 3, like, yeah, destroying Xehanort was obviously the main plot. But there was a lot of stuff in there that, you know... I said it a lot in, you know, the initial review, and I know we've talked about it a bit, but man, doesn't Kingdom Hearts 3 just feel like a lot of revenge for for yeah. versus 13 and that whole debacle? Like, there's, like, I'll just say right, right now, flat out, Final World is basically, like, a lot of airing out of dirty laundry. Like, when I first played Final World... I was instantly clued in. This is all like dirty laundry. Like to me, all those little stars that we were talking to, like they're talking about, look, they've replaced me. They set a table out and you know, there's someone else sitting in my chair. Like that to me was just like Namora, like just airing out his dirty laundry about Tabata and all that. Like, Everything in there, if you go back and replay Final World and just think about it in the mind that this is this is Nomura talking about his experience working on Versus 13, um, it, it, it makes a, a, a lot more sense and makes a, a bit more, has a different context to it. And on top of that, you know, we know that the, un, the Nameless Star is, you know, not Stella, whoever she is. So, yeah. So I I would just say before even talking about like what would Kingdom Hearts what would where would Kingdom Hearts three go after I would say before you talk about that you have to consider what would Kingdom Hearts three even be without the strife that Namor went through with Final Fantasy Versus thirteen now I think the only real clues that we have is the content that was released prior to the separation and the content we knew about. Uh, was related to Sora finding the uh, Keyblade of uh, Ericus. So that that was set. That we knew. So clearly that whole deal with him saving Aqua from the Realm of Darkness, that would be the same. Uh, you know, s- saving the Birth by Sleep characters being the main plot, okay. That makes sense. That's still there. Uh, at E3 2014, they showed basically uh concept art for the intro cutscene of the chess game so we can assume that's pretty much there and churro you saw you know the beginnings of what scala ad kylum would be so it makes sense that you know they were already thinking about that stuff and xehanort and all that that concept um so i think mo- most likely um you know, it would probably once the Xehanort stuff is wrapped up, it would probably just be the Union Cross stuff, you know, continuing down that road. I would say, if anything, uh, the monkey wrench that this throws in is that now Sora is also dealing with this versus 13 sidetrack. But I think, you know, the direction he really wants to go, you know, this whole idea of the Master of Masters and Union Cross. A lot of the stuff, you know, existed before, you know, uh, before even, you know, the the Versus 13 stuff fell through. So I kind of feel like it would would have 
continue down that route and I mean it's not clear when exactly that all is going to come to pass but you know Lushu Zigbar brought back at least four of the foretellers Ga'ava lost maybe she's Project X we don't know but you know there's a lot of loose ends there and I kind of feel those sort of loose ends would probably be what it would have been about anyway um so I think if anything, this versus 13 quote unquote baggage, if it's anything, it might just be, you know, in addition to the story he was going to tell anyway. Churro, what do you think? Do you think, you know, it would have been like crazy different? Do you think there would have been a lot of, uh, you know, do you think there would have been a completely different, you know, plot that we're just not seeing now because this versus 13 stuff is getting in the way or what do you think about it? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, I believe everything happens for a reason. I mean, there's yeah. a reason why Nora can get his project done. I mean, obviously because of thirteen Final Fantasy thirteen and fourteen. Yeah, there's a like, lot of troubles back then. They yeah, literally so, lost their CEO. So, like, it, it, it's uh, clearly not just you know something that happened with with his project. So, there's a lot going on. Yeah, plus, you know, no, it was, you know, Nomura's first, you know, Final Fantasy project, and he wanted to do a lot for it, you know, yeah. he wanted so much for it, too, as well, so it's like, you know, I, I mean, I mean, what, uh, to me, it's like, would he be able to accomplish what he wanted back then, as opposed to now? Yeah, that's a great question. I, at least my, my en- envisionment of what this would be, like, you know, as it's written in the question, what if Nomura got to make Final Fantasy 15 exactly how he wanted to? The way I would envision that is how 7 Remake is now. Because remember they were talking about the world of the versus epic, how it was going to be multiple releases. Well, I kind of would see that as being, okay, it would be multiple releases and, you know, he would get to tell his story exactly as he wants to over the course of several games. It would just happen sooner than what we're getting now with seven remake, you know, maybe his first game would have been insomnia and his second game would be up until Altitia, and, you know, his third, perhaps final game would be, you know, dealing with the empire and then coming back to insomnia and saving everybody or something like that's the general idea that we get from 15. We don't know what it actually would have been, but, you know, hypothetically speaking, thinking about it that way, you know, maybe that's how it would have shaken out because that's kind of how seven remake is shaking out right now is, you know, you've got your Midgar game and then the next game is going to go to who knows where. And we don't know how many games there's going to be, but you know, at least back then, back in 2013, that seemed like that's the way Nomura was intending to do it. That's going to, that was going to be how he was going to be capable of having his vision made. And now that, and, and now that, you know, Kingdom Hearts, you know, the Kingdom Hearts series are branched out exactly how Nomura wanted it to be, you know, yeah. different, you know, games for following one story. You know, yeah. it's like he's already accomplished that with Kingdom Hearts 3. So it's like, yeah, here's his chance to actually put it to for two for uh, make it happen because of this of how Kingdom Hearts is broken down. Yeah, I do get that, like, you know, back with. um Back in 2013, when uh, we went away from CEO Yochiwada, and now we're with uh, 
Yosuke Matsuda. There was a lot of like, you know, and, and this happens a lot, even in like politics, like when when there's a changing of the guard, so to speak, when, you know, one political party takes over from another political party, to some extent, the new person in charge, one of their roles is to prove to their constituents or in a business to prove to their shareholders that what they're going to do is completely different than that last guy that we just kicked out. So in some ways you have to kill what they, that other guy was in charge of and, you know, do away with all the policies that he had in, in that time. And I'm not saying versus 13 was necessarily that because clearly they made final fantasy 15 anyway, but the idea of having this multi episode thing, you know, you know, as an act of defiance, so to speak, to what Yochiwara was doing and, you know, maybe proving to the shareholders that he's a different guy, Matsuda-san. Maybe what he was um, trying to do with that is being like, look, this was going to be an episodic thing. Now it's not. Now it's a, Now you're going to get a full game experience. <laughs> we know how that turned out, but now you're going to get a full game experience in Final Fantasy XV, which I get that. I get like as a quote-unquote business move, political move at the time, it makes a lot of sense. But I also think about, like, with Hollywood and, like, there's a lot of movie series that they tell multi-part storylines that take several films to get through. I mean, we just finished up Avengers, and, you know, that took forever, and, but, it, or we, we finished at least Avengers Endgame. Uh, but, you know, there's also, even in games, like, I know for a lot of people, they didn't like how this particular series ended, but for the most part, I really enjoyed the the Mass Effect series. And from the get-go, Bioware was like, this is going to be a three-part game series. And nobody, like, batted an eye. Like, oh, three-part game series, Bioware. Oh, I love KOTOR and uh, KOTOR 2. That was awesome. Like, I'm excited to see what they do with uh, this new project where they can have full control over everything. Like, I... Personally, like I'm excited for how Seven Remake is gonna do what it's gonna do, and I I was excited for the idea of the versus epic. I think like I think it's fine to you know if you want to do things really huge, big budget, and you want to do things bigger than a normal game would allow. I think it's okay to do that. Like clearly. Like if you look at the world of Final Fantasy 15, literally just look at go and look online at a world map of Final Fantasy 15. That world map would have supported multiple games. You literally have Insomnia for one. Insomnia is about you know maybe three three miles square, uh, three square miles of city. That's about as big as Los Santos in Grand Theft Auto 5. And yeah. Grand Theft Auto V didn't just occur in Los Santos. It, it, it was in Los Santos and in the backcountry as well. But that that's bigger than uh, Grand Theft Auto IV's open world. So I personally think it could have supported a full game. And, you know, you look at Altitia in Final Fantasy XV. That, that city was pretty much fully modeled. It was there. If you get people to glitch out, like, most of it is there. Like... It was modeled in in CG form at least back in 2013. It's gorgeous. There's like if you just look at a CG render of Altitia and just look at all the different areas that they made for that one city. 
And then what you actually got in Final Fantasy 15 was this tiny little piece of nothing out of that city. Barely anything from that city do you get to explore. It was such a shame, too, because like, they put a lot of time into that. Yeah, it's that city like is so beautiful, and they built it, and then they didn't use it. So it's just like... So there's that. That that easily could have been, like, if not, like, the game, like, Altisha the game, it could have been, like, the hub world or the hub area. And then, like, maybe you get to explore, like, different wildernesses outside of Altisha, and that's, like, the open world segment. They mix it, maybe. I don't know. Like, and, and then, like, the uh, the Imperial City. If you look at a map of that, that's about as big as what Insomnia was supposed to be. That's another big open world city and by the time they get to that game they already built insomnia so if they want to go back to insomnia they can and they can do whatever they want because they already had a game in insomnia theoretically so i don't know at least in my mind like that's how i think it would have been done that's how i hope it would have been done uh so yeah i don't know do i think kingdom hearts four hypothetically speaking had final fantasy 15 you know, been everything Nomura wanted it to be. Would Kingdom Hearts 4 be a different thing? Well, yeah, of course it would be different. Like, anything well, yeah. would be different. If if Nomura decided to eat uh, a bagel as opposed to eating, a, you know, a pancake. Toast. <laughs> you know, the butterfly effect. His whole life would be different after that. Like, y- you don't know. But in terms of, like, like, do I think this 13 baggage, like, you know, maybe I'm reading into it. Do I think this 13 FF uh, versus 13 baggage, is it getting in the way of Nomura telling what he wants to tell? No, I don't think so. I don't, I don't think that at all because clearly he's got so much more than just this. If it was only this, if it was only the versus 13 stuff that we were seeing, then yes, I would say clearly the versus 13 stuff is something that he really wants to tell and it's getting in the way of anything else because everything relates to the Versa 13 stuff. But it's not. And we see it in Remind. So many other plot lines have been introduced. So many other ones. If it was just Versus 13 stuff, then yes, maybe. But considering that we've got the Master of Masters, we've got, you know, Xehanort Dark Road, we've got whatever's happening with... um you know, Lushu and the foretellers. We've got Kyrie. We've got Namine. We've got what is Roxas and Shion doing? What are the birth by sleep trio? What are they going to do? Do we have to go save you guys again? Don't make us save you again. Gosh, dang it. I don't want to save those guys again. <laughs> they really, they had their moment. They had their moment. That's don't, it. don't get caught in the realm of darkness again. But like, cl- look, clearly, there's a lot. So, you know, if I, there's so much, it's overwhelming, if anything. So I, to me personally, I don't know about for you, Churro, I think the versus 13 stuff, it's mostly just in addition to all yeah, the stuff it's... that Nomura wants to tell, which for me, that's great. As someone who wanted that versus 13 stuff, I'm glad to see at least this. So I, I think it's just, you know, something nice. Hopefully, you know, hopefully maybe one day we'll get something like that for uh Worldless Worldlands with you, right? You know, hopefully they'll yeah. get their hopefully they'll get their birth by sleep, <laughs> so to speak. 
but uh, anyway, so yeah, I think I think that pretty much wraps up the episode for today. Uh, the music for this episode is a cover, a jazz cover, actually, of the Scala Ad Kylum battle theme. And actually, so this is primarily done by uh, a guy on YouTube called Eric L., uh, but it also features good friend of the show, uh, member of Project Destati, David Russell. Yo, David. He's, he's on the piano for this cover. So it's a really great cover, uh, so I hope you enjoy it. I, I will say, I mentioned it on the last show, that at some point we will be cutting the music segment for an indeterminate, I haven't decided, amount of time. I'm going to keep it going. I'm going to keep it going a little bit longer. Uh, main reason is that, you know, Final Fantasy Unions decided to cut it and like, yeah, that doesn't necessarily mean we have to cut it. They have not asked me to cut it at all, but I, I do want to, you know, kind of keep parody with the other show cause you know, they are a sister podcast and you know, uh, it's just how it is. So, um, you know. While they 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 haven't told me to do anything, this is you know my own decision, and I wouldn't say that finding the music is necessarily like something that takes a ton of time. It, you know, I was able to find this cover pretty quickly, but it's only it's mostly a matter of you know I want to keep parody with the other show, and like even though it doesn't take a lot of time, even if it takes a little bit of time, because this is an ongoing show and I do it every single two weeks. We do it bi-weekly. Even cutting out a little bit of work that I have to do from this is going to save me time. And I've, I've pre I've intimated a bit in the episode, but you know, these days I'm crazy strapped for time and you know, any little bit counts. So that's, that is the situation. So yes, un- unfortunately um, there will be a time where this comes to an end. Not yet. I'm not saying next episode, I'll let you know when it'll happen, but you know, all good things, as they say, must end. And, uh, that, that, that will be the case for the music episode at some, or the music segment at some point. But, uh, uh, it's not, not for not being a great segment. I love having the music. I think it's great. I think it's amazing that, you know, the kingdom hearts community has such amazing talent out there and there, there really is such amazing talent. I'm I'm personally surprised that considering I'm working only off of one series, I'm still able to find great tracks for uh for the podcast, but uh yeah. So, that's that. So yeah, anyway, uh the next episode of Kingdom Hearts Union is scheduled for the 25th of February. As always, if you guys like the show, please subscribe to Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union on the iTunes store. Just search for Kingdom Hearts and you're we're number 1. Of course. And, of course, you can catch every episode at KingdomHeartsUnion.com, Spotify, or Kingdom Hearts Union's Twitter, which is at KHUnion. And if you guys want to support the show, please support us on Patreon at Patreon.com slash FFKHUnion. I'll just remind you that by supporting us on Patreon, you're not just supporting Kingdom Hearts Union, but you're also supporting Final Fantasy Union. So if you also like that show, uh, you can support them uh, in, in one fell swoop. Support them, support us. And as always, if you guys have any questions for the Kingdom Hearts Union podcast, please send them to khuquestions at gmail.com. All right, Chero, it is goodbye time.
Man, that was a long one. Yeah, surprising. We didn't have any news, and it was mostly questions. But man, there were some good questions this time. So thank oh, you guys yeah. to everybody that asked questions. Yeah, yeah, keep we, them coming. We appreciate it for sure. And, uh, and it's actually getting exciting too because we're you know as Frozen Two would say we're heading into the unknown. Yeah, pretty much again. So you know we're we're, we're going to be going back to how it was when you for Kingdom Hearts Three. You know, figuring out what's going to happen next. And yeah, so keep them coming. You know, keep your theories and questions coming because we love to kind of dissect them. Yeah, for sure. It's always a lot of fun, and I also like that now. Uh, which I would say is a little bit different from the time waiting to, for Kingdom Hearts Three is we've got a lot more sort of like uh, like appetizers to tide us over because back when we were waiting for Kingdom Hearts Three, like yeah, we had the annual Kingdom Hearts releases, but they for a while there, a lot of the annual releases just ended up being HD remasters and really not actually new content. Like we got the 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 trio of uh, three five eight over two birth by sleep coded, and then after that we got Dream Drop Distance. But after 2012, once they announced Kingdom Hearts three, it took a while for us to start getting like regular updates through Union Cross. But now we've got Union Cross. We've got all these potential games in development. We got Dark Road. Like there's quite a bit of stuff to chew on while we're while we're waiting. So. That's uh, Can't wait for the future. exciting. I mean, we got we got four Kingdom Hearts teams now, so yeah. Hopefully, that means more Kingdom Hearts stuff down the road instead of waiting, you know, thirteen years for right. you know, the uh, next release. Yeah, hopefully, uh, hopefully that's only good things. So yeah, can't wait. All right, Cheryl, say your goodbyes. Bye, guys. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you. I'll see you next time. All right, and I'm Brandon saying goodbye. This has been a KingdomHeartsUnion.com production.